You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Full reaction to week four in the SEC. Plenty of upsets, dominant wins. We'll discuss them all. Who were our winners and losers of the weekend? We'll get into that. And four weeks into the season, who from the SEC has the best chance to win the Heisman? I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and LockedOnSEC.com. Plenty to get into. Let's jump into it. Winner. And now, your winners of the weekend. Real winners win. Winners of the weekend, we start with Barry Odom and the Arkansas defense. A&M's receivers not able to get open all day long for Zach Calzada. Surefire tackling all day long. And the Arkansas defenders, my goodness, they play quite a game. Bumper pool led the way with eight tackles. Hayden Henry had seven tackles and a sack. Grant Morgan had three quarterback hurries. So did Trey Williams. Barry Odom's guys got after it. Monteric Brown had an incredible interception off a deflection. If you're an Aggie fan, you probably still think that ball touched the ground. But Joe Fouché, Jalen Catalan, all those guys really played so well on the defense as A&M beat Ar- or Arkansas beat A&M 20-10. Arkansas, they end their nine-game losing streak to Texas A&M. Snaps A&M's 11-game win streak overall dating back to last season. And the first time since 1988 that Arkansas beats both Texas and and Texas A&M in the same season. Give kudos to the Razorbacks. First 4-0 start for Arkansas since 2003. First start with all double-digit wins since 1986. Take a bow, Sam Pittman. Doing an incredible job so far. But don't get too comfortable. Got a road trip to Georgia looming next. Not going to be easy. But for now, tip of the cap to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Another one of the weekend. I'm going to give it to Traylon Burks. Here's a little bit of what he sounded like this weekend. Jefferson off play action. Going to throw deep right sideline. Burks open at midfield. He's got it. Burks is going to go. Traylon down the sideline. Touchdown, Arkansas. 85 yards and the Hawks strike big. Yeah, prior to this game, AM's defense had not given up a 25-yard or more pass play all season. Traylon Burks catching an 85-yard touchdown pass in the first quarter from K.J. Jefferson. He finished the day with six catches for 167 yards and a touchdown. The next leading receiver for Arkansas had one catch. So Traylon Burks, the man to go to work for the Razorbacks. And again, he was a big part of the reason for Arkansas's success. Another winner of the weekend, how about the Georgia defense? I said we're just going to permanently put them in this winner category every single week but Georgia led this game 35 to nothing over Vandy after just the first quarter I mean my goodness if you watch this game over the weekend it really made you consider not renewing Vanderbilt's membership as a member of the SEC Georgia went on to win 62 to nothing Georgia defense did what they have done all year long suffocating Vanderbilt picked up their first shutout of the year they forced Vandy three and out Nine times. Georgia nearly had more points than Vandy had yards. They outgained Vandy 524 yards to 77. 
Georgia had 62 points. A sack by Robert Beal, interceptions by Christopher Smith and Kamari Lasseter. Vandy just looked like a high school team out there going against, against, against this Georgia defense. Georgia now leads the country in points allowed per game at just 5.8 and yards allowed per game at just 181. Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning, they are working with a monster in Athens. Can't say enough about the Georgia defense. It's sick. Another winner of the weekend, I'm going with TJ Finley up at Auburn. My goodness, what a uh, turn of events at Auburn. Here's a little bit of what it sounded like. Finley, flushed. He's in trouble. Gets away from the first man. Throws to the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown, Jake Jackson! Touchdown, Auburn! What a Touchdown, play! Touchdown, Auburn! Wow! Okay, first off, Auburn should have no business playing in a tight game with Georgia State. Second off, Auburn probably deserved to lose this game to Georgia State. That said, kudos to Brian Harson for making the tough decision of benching his veteran quarterback, Bo Nix, in the second half and going with the LSU transfer, TJ Finley. He helped orchestrate a game-winning 13-play, 98-yard touchdown drive, including the 10-yard touchdown pass to Shedrick Jackson on fourth down. Also got a pick six there at the very end to just make it look a little bit more presentable, but... And now brings up a big question. Who should Auburn start this week going on the road at LSU? After the game, Coach Arson said they're going to have both guys come in today and, and work hard this week. He said, well, uh, you know, we're going to expect both those guys to compete for the job. We'll see if it's an actual true open competition this week and may the best man win. But, man, if it's T.J. Finley, you got to love the storyline of T.J. Finley returning to Death Valley, taking on his former team at LSU. Either way... It's a disappointment for Bo Nix. We'll get to him in just a little bit. Another winner of the weekend. How about the Kentucky Wildcats? We spent so much time throughout the summer talking about Kentucky's improved offense that I feel like we neglected to spend a lot of time talking about how good their defense would be this year. And they were suffocating on Saturday in Columbia. They beat South Carolina 16-10. They had, uh, Kentucky's offense had four fumbles in the game, two from Chris Rodriguez, two from Josh Ali. Uh, Will Levis threw an interception. Normally, when you turn the ball over five times, you lose the game. But Kentucky's defense held the Gamecocks at just 58 yards, rushing on 26 attempts. They held Luke Doty to just 158 passing yards. A great job by Mark Stoops' bunch, gritting out a win. That's a game in years past Kentucky would have lost. And now the stage is set for the Ford O Wildcats playing host to a top 10 team in Florida. It's going to be a really, really good one this weekend. Speaking of Florida, my next winner of the weekend, one of the guys from the Florida Gators, Emory Jones. On the Tennessee nine-yard line, Emory Jones under center. Pierce, the back. Jones rolls right, looks to throw the ball right side. Rick Wells on a catch and a touchdown. Beautifully executed pass play coming to the near side to Rick Wells. And the Gators lead 30-14. to 14. Great game for Emory Jones last week against Alabama. And with Anthony Richardson still out this week for Florida, Jones did get another really good game against Tennessee. 21 for 27, 209 yards passing, two passing touchdowns, no INTs, and then 15 carries for 144 rushing yards. He did so much for Florida in this game. I think he deserves a lot of credit. And you also credit Florida for their halftime adjustments in this one. They led just 17-14 at the half. They outscored the Vols 21-0 in the second half. We forget Emory Jones has made only four career starts. Had just two passing touchdowns with four INTs in those first two games. 
He's slowly getting better each and every week, which is saying something because the competition's only getting better. Got a lot of confidence, and it looks like this entire Florida team trusts in him. He's the unquestioned leader. But I do still think you can use Anthony Richardson when healthy on some plays mixed in. Again, a tough road test up next in Lexington taking on Kentucky. Another winner of the weekend, I'm going with Max Johnson and the LSU defense. So Max Johnson, the quarterback, and their defense kind of combined here. Max Johnson, another big game, 280 yards with four passing touchdowns at Mississippi State, a 28-25 road win. Johnson now has over 1,100 passing yards with 15 passing touchdowns on the season. He's recorded six straight games with at least three touchdown passes. Joe Burrow had seven of those. So Johnson can tie that record with three touchdown passes this week against Auburn. Defensively for LSU, no Derek Stingley, but they executed their game plan against State. D.C. Durante Jones had a game plan to keep everything in front of you. Let State drive the ball between the 20s. We're going to tighten up in the red zone, and that's what LSU did. Allie Gay had a sack. Cordell Flott had an interception. And while State did put up almost 500 yards of total offense, LSU made plays when they mattered most. They continue to lead the nation in sacks, tied with Syracuse, Marshall, and Troy, all with 18 team sacks. A big one this Saturday night hosting Auburn in Tiger Stadium. So a couple more winners from the weekend. I'm going to go with Jamison Williams over at Alabama. Jamison Williams from a yard deep to the 10. 15-20, cuts left, up the middle. He's got running room, spun around, breaks the tackle. He's on his way. He's going to bring it back 101 yards. Touchdown, Alabama. 14 seconds and 101 yards. Yeah, the Ohio State transfer wasted no time this week in letting his presence known. He took that opening kickoff back, 100-yard kickoff return. He also added an 81-yard touchdown catch on his second touch and another 83-yard run back a little while later. He recorded 258 all-purpose yards on just four touches. Jalen Waddle, who? Nick Saban called Williams after the game a dog. Said he loves playing, plays fast, plays hard. And on a receiving core with the likes of John Mechie, Slade Bolden, JoJo Earl, it's Jamison Williams leading the team in receiving yards right at about 300. One other winner of the week, I'm going to give it to Nick Saban in Alabama. Look, I know it was just Southern Miss. They beat 63-14. to But Alabama won its 100th game in a row over an unranked team. That is the longest streak in the AP poll era, which started in 1936. Every week, Nick Saban does something that just creates more history. And it never ceases to amaze us, some of the things he does. A lot of us don't like him. A lot of us root for schools that uh, Alabama beats. But nonetheless, you got to tip your cap and say it's the best of all time. Thanks again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we will hit on our depressed losers of the weekend. That's coming up next. Need to remind you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. If you're a college football fanatic like me, and you haven't heard about prize picks yet, you need to go check them out. They are daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you guys will too. They are a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players of the Power Five and much, much more. Prize picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your user, all users that deposit and use our promo code LOCKEDON, you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. 
Just be sure to use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N. Prize Picks is an award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com right now. Use the promo code locked on or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Run along here, Locked On SEC. And we did our winners of the weekend. So we always say, you know, who impressed us and who depressed us. Hate to use the word loser because it's a little bit of a negative connotation, but let's jump into it. Who depressed us this weekend across the SEC? And I'm starting with Zach Calzada and the Texas A&M offense. Look, I said a few weeks ago when A&M survived that scare up in Colorado, when Zach Calzada took over for the injured Haynes King, a quarterback that Calzada was going to have to improve his play. And overall, I just feel like he hasn't. Arkansas's defense got after it. They stuffed the run against the Aggies and forced Calzada to get rid of the ball. Calzada finished the day just 20 for 36 passing, only 151 passing yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Aggie running back Isaiah Spiller, he broke off a 67-yard touchdown run at one point. It was the only touchdown on the day for the Aggies. But if you take that run away, the Aggies had 22 carries for just 54 yards. That's less than two and a half yards a carry. Credit Barry Odom and Arkansas for making the plays. But Jimbo Fisher has got to figure out something to get Zach Calzada more comfortable and find their run game that was so dominant a year ago. That's what's so shocking with uh, A-Shane and Spiller and those guys are just not able to dominate like they did a year ago. Next up in the depressed category, I'm going with Mike Elko and the Texas A&M defense. I hate to keep harping on it, but I mentioned earlier how good A&M's defense had been all year. They were not good in this one. Gave up almost 200 rushing yards to Arkansas. Arm tackling or lack of tackling several times throughout this game, including on that 48-yard touchdown pass to A.J. Green. Michael Clemens and Aaron Hansford both had sacks, but in a game where K.J. Jefferson left with an injury for a stretch, Malik Hornsby came in. A&M should have used that time to really grab momentum, but they didn't. Um, check out some of the run plays Arkansas gassed A&M for. A 19-yard run by Traylon Smith. A 19-yard run by K.J. Jefferson. 16-yard runs for Hornsby and Dominique Johnson. Arkansas was just constantly moving the ball on the ground. Over 440 total yards of offense. No turnovers for Arkansas. I thought the Aggies were going to need one or two of those to win this game. They did not get them. And now A&M has got to regroup and get ready for a hungry Mississippi State team coming into Kyle Field on Saturday. As we mentioned earlier, this snapped A&M's 11-game win streak dating back to last season. Next up in our depressed category, I'm going with Bo Nix. Man, he was very depressing uh, this weekend. I already mentioned when we praised T.J. Finley, 
Bo Nix had not been good in these last two games. He looked great the first two weeks against Akron and Alabama State, but against Penn State and Georgia Southern, not one touchdown pass. And the completion percentage has dipped to just over 50% the past two weeks. As a veteran quarterback like he is, you can't have two straight games without a, a touchdown pass. Big decision coming this week if Brian Harson decides to bench Bo Nix for TJ Finley. Next up on our depressed list, I'm going with South Carolina and Shane Beamer. You force several turnovers, you don't turn the ball over, and you still lose that game. I thought some boneheaded decisions by Shane Beamer throughout this game, including passing on a field goal opportunity to go for it on a fourth down that they didn't convert in a one-score game or low-scoring game like this. Take any points you can. South Carolina did struggle to move the football for much of the night. Just 216 total yards of offense. They were just 3-for-12 on third downs. But again, take any scoring opportunities you can. A young head coach in Shane Beamer is going to learn from some of these bad choices. I thought the crowd brought the noise. They brought the energy. That stadium was rocking, but the Gamecocks disappointed, dropping their second in a row, now 0-2 in the SEC. Next up in our depressed category, I got Vanderbilt. Look. No use in spending too much time on it, but Vandy just got bludgeoned by Georgia and Nashville, 62 to nothing. It was Vandy's fourth straight loss to Georgia, its 14th straight SEC loss, and they are very much still in the midst of a rebuild under Clark Lee. I just have a hard time finding any positives for Vandy this year. They get UConn this week, who's a team they should be able to pick up their second win of the season over, but Ken Seals and Mike Wright, the two Vandy quarterbacks, they've combined for five interceptions, Sacked a combined seven times. Clark Lee is really going to have to work hard, hard to earn that paycheck the rest of the season and honestly may have to work to earn it even harder in the years to come. It's going to take a while to get Vandy turned around. Another depressed of the weekend, I got Missouri coach Eli Drinkwitz. Look, he raised eyebrows last week when he said he would have rather faced a, a regional rival in the Tigers' recruiting area rather than travel up to Boston. And after Missouri's 41-34 overtime loss up at Boston College, BC coach Jeff Halfley said it was a great day for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Their fans stormed the field after the game as BC improved to 4-0. Mizzou dropped to 2-2 on the year. But I thought an odd call in overtime by Drinkwitz. They're trailing 41-34. You start your first possession of overtime, and you have your quarterback, Connor Bazelak, who had a pretty good game goes right to the end zone on the very first play of OT, and he is intercepted by BC. Game over. I just feel like that's not a high percentage play there. Kudos to the Missouri kicker, by the way, Harrison Mevis. He made a 56-yarder to even send this game to overtime. But I think Eli Drinkwitz learned, look, do not give your opponent any extra motivation during game week, saying you think you're better than having to travel up to play them. Was not good. And lastly, our deep press of the weekend, I'm going with Mike Leach over at Mississippi State. With the defensive approach that LSU was deploying on Saturday, they were bringing just three down linemen almost the entire game. They were daring State to run the ball. And at times when State did, they had great success. Running back Dylan Johnson averaged over six yards a carry. Jaquavius Marks, he had almost 50 yards rushing as well. But Mike Leach, so hard-headed with the air raid attack, relying on so many pass attempts, this is a game if Mike Leach would have adapted and committed to the run a little bit more, they could have had a chance to win this game. Well, with Mississippi State now at 2-2, two 0-1 two, in the conference, I just think things could get really ugly the rest of this season with Leach in Starkville. 
Still has to play five top 25 teams in Alabama, A&M, Arkansas, Auburn, and Ole Miss, as well as a really tough Kentucky team. It is going to be really hard to envision Mike Leach and the Bulldogs finishing bowl eligible. And that's where they are right now. There we go. All right, when we return, we're going to get to our honorable mentions of the weekend. That is coming your way next. I've seen a lot of you guys out at the tailgates and uh, out there all day long and then going into the stadium, and you're spending hours upon hours upon hours outside. And look, some areas of the South, sure, the temperature's starting to get a little bit cooler, but others, it's still pretty darn hot. And that means you're sweating a lot, and that means sweat block needs to be the folks to help you out. We told you about them before. They were doctor-created, doctor-recommended. Their wipes work for up to seven days per use. They give you the dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block wipes do not keep you dry, then you will get your money back. They're currently number one in the Amazon antiperspirant category. Go check them out. They're stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. Use the sweat block antiperspirant wipes. You simply put it on at night. You go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, you wash, you go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. If you or someone you love is dealing with sweating in the armpit areas, go check out Sweatblock. You can get them today for 20% off at sweatblock.com. Just use the promo code Locked On. You can also find them on Amazon and CVS. Get it today, 20% off, sweatblock.com. Use our promo code Locked On. It's a great time of the year, as you know you're going to be stuffing your face come Thanksgiving and Christmas time to start making some healthier uh, choices when it comes to what you eat and Built Bar is that healthy alternative. They are the best-tasting protein bar ever. Of course, the nine delicious flavors out there from coconut to coconut almond cherry, raspberry mint brownie, my personal favorite. If you haven't tried them all, you can always get that mixed box where you get two of each of their nine flavors. But many of the flavors packed 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. They're chocolate protein bars that taste really good and are packed with protein that is good for you, whether it's after a workout or just a late afternoon snack instead of grabbing a bag of chips or cookies or whatever, reach for a Locked On. You can order today, get that raspberry mint brownie or whatever you like, go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, you'll get 15% off your first order. If you've never ordered from them before, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. Final segment of Locked On SEC, reacting to week four of SEC action, and it has been jam-packed so far. So let's get to our honorable mentions of the week. We've done our our deep depressed, our winners of the week. Let's get to the honorable mentions. And we start over at Alabama with tight end Jaleel Billingsley, a guy who spent the majority of fall camp at Nick Saban's doghouse. He has been slowly coming out of it. Caught a touchdown last week against Florida. And then this week had his breakout game, five catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown against Southern Miss. First 100-yard receiving game in his career. He kind of fallen behind Cameron Latu in the first couple weeks, but Billingsley seems to be doing all the right things now in Saban's eyes. So increased playing time, increased productivity. He's definitely a name to watch the rest of the season. Another honorable mention of the week, I'm going to give it to Josh Heupel and the Tennessee offense. Look, I know they lost, what was it, 38-14, but in a game where Tennessee trailed just 17-14 at the half, I thought Heupel dialed up some really good plays, especially in the first half. Hendon Hooker, he threw for over 200 yards, two touchdowns, hooked up with Javante Payton on a 75-yard touchdown, Tyon Evans on a 47-yard score. The run game was pretty good at times with Jabari Small and Evans. Granted, they did get shut out in the second half, so can't call them a winner of the week. 
but I thought there were some encouraging things in this one in a hostile environment in the swamp. Over 400 yards of offense for Tennessee in the loss. Problem was the defense gave up over 500 yards to Florida. Joe Milton, he got in at the end of the game, took them down the field on a drive that stalled the goal line. But overall, I thought Hooker is playing very well. And I'm encouraged for the Vols offense as they go on the road to face a stumbling Missouri team this week. It just really showed, man, all those opt-outs and transfers that they had in the last year. They're just thin, and they got worn down. But it's encouraging. Josh Heupel's doing some good things. The future, albeit could be far off, looks bright for the Vols down the road. Another honorable mention of this week, probably could have put him in the winner category, Bryce Young. I kept him out this week just because it was Southern Miss, but 20 for 22 for over 300 yards and five touchdown passes. Bryce Young very much keeping his name in the Heisman conversation as he has thrown for 1,000 yards with 15 passing touchdowns. He did throw his first pick of the season late in the game on Saturday. Bryce Young became the first player in Alabama history with five passing touchdowns and two or fewer incompletions in a game. Quite a stat there, but a huge battle of Heisman contenders coming up this weekend between Bryce Young and Matt Corral. And depending on where you have your vote, look, if I had my vote today, I probably would give it to Bryce Young because he's got the tough win on the road at Florida where they found a way to survive that one and win. But Matt Corral, I'm telling you right now, if he finds a way to play really, really well, even in a loss against Alabama, well, let's say he throws for like 400 yards, six touchdowns, he will stay in the Heisman race. If Matt Corral can beat Alabama, he automatically moves into the number one spot in my mind as far as the Heisman race goes. Another honorable mention of this weekend, I give it to Will Rogers at Mississippi State. I just want to give the guy some credit before his arm falls off. He threw 67 passes last week at Memphis. He threw 62 this week versus LSU. He's actually having a nice season overall. 1,400 pass yards, 11 touchdowns, only two interceptions. And for all the passes he throws, he's only been sacked seven times. He gets the ball out quick. He played pretty well overall against LSU. The touchdown drives, it just came too late in the game to make a difference and obviously led to the loss. But I think Will Rogers deserves some credit for what he's doing there at Mississippi State. Lastly, one of our other honorable mentions of the weekend goes to a Georgia tight end by the name of Brock Bowers. Third and eight from the 25. Daniels throw on target. Bowers at the 10. Tiptoes his way into the end zone. Another touchdown. Brock Bowers. He shredded a tackler at the 10. Tight roped it and got into the end zone for his second score. Tight end Brock Bowers started the scoring for the Bulldogs on Saturday with a 12-yard run on an end around. He became the first Bulldogs player to run for a touchdown and catch a touchdown pass in the same game since Todd Gurley did it versus Florida back in 2013. Bowers later caught a 29-yard pass from Bennett. A lot of talk this offseason about Darnell Washington, who's been injured, but Brock Bowers, the freshman, has been really impressive so far. And whether it is Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, whoever threw him the football, he's been very good. And there you have it. Those are our honorable mentions of the week in SEC Week 4. And, uh, man, what a Week 5. It's going to be some huge matchups this week. We will talk about them all throughout the week right here on Locked on SEC. And again, thanks so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. One quick reminder, betting on the SEC does not have to be a guessing game. Check out the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Lee Sterling giving you the lock of the day there. I am Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC. So much to talk about this week. So looking forward to this week. We'll get into it all. Talk to you guys tomorrow.